Welcome to the Tapping Into podcast with Sarah Tobin. That's me. I've created this podcast to help you discover and tap into spiritual, alternative and natural practices that could really change your life. I've been on a spiritual journey my whole life and I'm now an EFT or tapping practitioner. In this podcast, I have honest conversations on topics that I hope will deepen your soul connection, allow you to reclaim your power and confidence, know that you're not alone and feel inspired to find out more. I really hope this helps you on your journey. Welcome to the last episode of season one. I hope you've enjoyed listening to a variety of topics covered so far. In this episode, I'm talking to my very own tarot reader, Caroline Mead. We tap into what the tarot is and where it came from, what intuition is and how to tune into it and what we can do to strengthen it. Caroline talks us through what happens in a usual tarot session so you know what to expect. She cleverly combines her intuitive reading with practical and actionable steps you can take away to help make the reading a reality. Wrap up with some advice about using the tarot or oracle cards ourselves and an important message to take into 2021. Thanks so much for listening and I hope to find you here again soon. In today's episode, my guests and I are discussing the tarot. Caroline Mead has been an intuitive tarot reader, guided meditation teacher and life coach since 2008. She also has a monthly membership helping to support women create a deep foundation of self-care in their lives every day. Through the tarot, Caroline combines the cards with her intuition to look at where a person is in their life at this time, what might be blocking them from progression, what aspects of themselves need healing, and really importantly, how to do that. She then takes the time to look at the potentials of what lies ahead in their future in every area of their life. Now, personally, I have had three sessions with Caroline. I find her intuition absolutely spot on, relaying things to me that no one could possibly know. Combining that with the life coach skills, I have left with action plans and heaps of reinsurance, knowing what I'm about to do next. I've recommended it to friends and family uh, who have all had readings and are continually going back for more readings and speak really, really highly of her. So thank you so much, Caroline, for joining me today. Thank you. I'm really excited. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So what is the tarot and where does it come from? I believe it's also quite ancient. Yeah, so I suppose the tarot is like known kind of as part of fortune telling. Um, and I think it goes like a lot deeper than that. Obviously, that's what it's mainly known for. And obviously, you can look at your future. Um, it originated in the 13th century, but it was kind of just used as a card game more so. Um, and then as it went on to the 18th right. century, then it took on that, divin I can never say that word, divination <laughs> meaning um, and more of an occult meaning with it as well. So it was used then to be able to look at people's future path to make predictions of where they were going to go in their life. Wow. Um, and so for me, I think it's a really good guide at looking at your life, not just in your future, but also to look at maybe what's gone on in your past to get a deeper understanding of yourself. And in your present to really look at where you are in yourself at the moment. The tarot is so deep, like it looks at the dark and the light of your life. Yeah. It goes into every single detail. So the things that even sometimes we're unaware of that are in our subconscious mind, yeah. it can show those things to you. 
That's amazing, isn't it? So how did you start to use the tarot and then how did you shape that into a career with tarot? Yeah, so for me, I'm really lucky in that I grew up with a granny who was very ahead of her time and she had a huge interest in the tarot and crystals, aromatherapy. That's amazing. So I grew up, yeah, well, it was great. And I grew up <laughs> around that kind of energy all the time. And my mom and her sisters are also very interested in that. Nobody ever worked in that area or anything. It just had a huge interest. So, and I also knew from when I, a younger age, I used to get a lot of visions and dreams about different things. So I was just always very naturally drawn wow. to the intuitive side of the holistic side of life. Um, and bought my first tarot deck at 13. There was a magazine that was out that had a little pack of tarot. Wow. Deck. But really what happened was I was going along and studying to be a solicitor, like very black and white professional. Nice corporate job. Nice corporate job. Um, and I, my granny died in 2007. And when she died, she said to me, you know, go into my room and just take whatever books and whatever cards and whatever you want. So she had a massive, two massive wow. rooms in her house with just wall to wall of books like that she'd had from the 70s and in there was a pack of Rider Waite tarot cards the original ones from the 70s um, wow. and I took them and she'd loads of books and loads of notes and everything written out and I went off and I just started like opening them up and looking at them but um, I went to a medium then and my granny actually came through and the medium just said you know you need to put away the books put away the notes and just start to read and I thought to myself how are you just going to start to read like this? Is <laughs> but that's what I did. So really what the thing that really shaped, I suppose, me starting off working in it is a girl that I worked with, I spoke to her about it and she kind of thought I was messing a bit and said, oh, like, let's do, let's a few of us go to your house and we'll, you can do our cards. And I did. And actually they were very accurate, very on point and probably brought up some stuff for them that they weren't really expecting or I was expecting to be honest. <laughs> you probably blew <laughs> their heads off. <laughs> um, and my friend at work said oh you can actually read I kind of thought it was just a bit of a laugh or whatever. Hilarious. And it was her that really started from me so that was 2007 and then she just used to start to send people to me to I practiced for like a year and a half every three kind of evenings a week and weekends. I used to have all these people come into my apartment and it was just an amazing time. And then actually she was the first person to say, I have people that I'd like to send to you properly. So in 2008, I just started reading properly. And then I left my job in 2010 and kind of the rest is history from then on. Wow. So that's two years before you could leave your day job, which is amazing in itself. And then 10 years now you've been practicing the tarot. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And how do you um, combine that with the life coaching? When did you do that? I suppose I was always told in my readings I was a like a life coach. Loads of people would say, because I always want to make sure that, yes, we can be told about our future, but everyone, we, we all love to hear what we want to do or what's going to happen for us. Yeah. But my thing is, but how are you going to make it happen? Yes. I think the thing with readings is it's great to hear all this guidance, but I used to come away from some readings thinking, oh, so you just don't do anything and it basically just shows up for you. And as we as we both know as well, like that's not the case. So yeah. I just would give information and then try to find a practical way that they could actually bring that into their life. So and make it actionable. Yeah. So yeah. it was very natural that it came, but then I decided to, you know, get my life coaching qualification as well, so I could do uh, that separately um, and with the tarot. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. And how um, how does it work for you? Is in do you? Do you do it on yourself at all? Do you connect with it in that way? 
I used to love to read on myself, but unfortunately, I'm not objective enough. So <laughs> when you read cards, particularly with the tarot, it's a very complicated thing to learn because there's so much in it. But also for me, like particularly when I teach the tarot to other people, I teach it from a place of intuition. So I would get them to tell me what they think the meanings are. Oh, okay, great. Or I would tell them or tell them what it is. So when I'm trying to read for myself, I'm putting into it what I hope for. And then even my fears, like if I'm afraid of something and a negative card comes out, I assume the worst. Yeah. And it may not be what that is. So I think yeah, I, right. I used to try and I used to practice on myself to learn the cards. But in terms of being able to predict things for myself, no, I can't. I can't do it. And, yeah. and also when I read for someone, it's just like something takes over. Like a lot of people will say to me, I have a lot of clients who will say when I read for them, when I go and I talk to them at the start, I'm just very like chilled and relaxed. And then as soon as I open the cards, they say it's like a different version of me just shows up. <laughs> and I'm very blunt and not, and I'm, I'm very nice, obviously. I'm <laughs> yes, you are. But it's it's like guidance is coming through me. So I can't do that for myself. Yeah, you know, yeah that makes sense. So that naturally, yeah. Yeah. You talk a lot about intuition and how you use that in your tower readings. So what is intuition from your perspective? For me, intuition is this really deep connection to myself and like a higher voice. So it's when, and we all know this, like we get a feeling, you might feel it in your stomach or just a sense or a knowing. Some people feel it physically in the body. Like I'd say, I feel it in my stomach. Like if I'm reading for somebody, for example, and they ask a question, I often don't even need to turn over the cards because my stomach will tell me what the answer is. It's like wow. if I get this horrible, sick feeling, it's definitely a no. And I sometimes even will say to a client, oh God, no, no, no. Like I nearly feel, oh, this is horrible. You know, or if it's a nice response, I get a lovely calm feeling in my stomach. Wow. Um, so it's quite interesting. They would happen at times where a question is very prominent. Like, so, like, for example, if I got a no answer, it's very, very, very strong. Um, and then I'd look at the cards to kind of see why it's so strong. Um, and the same for a yes kind of answer as well when it's very calm. For me personally, um, when I think of intuition, I think of just the voice that we have so some people will say it's like our higher self so another aspect of ourself and yeah. without getting too deep you know we we're connecting into source which is energy that's interconnected so yeah. we you know so for me I definitely think it's a higher aspect of myself but I also feel I have like you know if you want to call it a team of people that are helping me to hear my voice better so when I'm in an intuitive place I'm also connecting into them but it's a calmness that comes over. It's a like I said earlier, it's a deeper knowing of, okay, something feels right here, something feels good, or this is what I'm led to. And I think the hard part with intuition for a lot of us is, what's the difference between what we want to hear in our heads and what's actually our intuition? And I think that's where a lot mm. of us get stuck. I get stuck in that too. You know, I meditate a huge amount and I get very, very, very strong guidance. Um, particularly this year in 2020, that guidance have, and those visions have been very, very strong. And then you're trying to, I suppose, put that into real terms and understand it. And what we might want to understand of an intuitive sign or intuitive nudge, let's say, may not always be what actually the sign is. <laughs> so that's that's kind of the hard part. And wow. I think that's 
I think that's sometimes where readings are helpful, where, mm. you know, the, the messages can come through clearer because you're you're talking to someone who's objective and doesn't have the emotional attachment to certain things that we would sure. have. You know? And isn't there also fear? I think fear can get misplaced with intuition because yeah. obviously intuition will provide us with fear in some degree in order to keep us safe, right? So we get that instinctive, oh gosh, don't do that because you're going to get hit by a bus or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so how do we discern between like fear of um, not proceeding with something, even though you know it, it, it would be good for you? Like, how do we, how, what's the difference there? How can we use our intuition to tell us, no, actually that that's just your subconscious running a program versus, yeah. you know, um, something that you shouldn't do? I think... <clears throat> I'd actually kind of go back to the body thing. Feel into your body first right. and foremost, because when you get a feeling of something, like we all know, and I'm sure you've had this experience and I have, and everyone probably mm -hmm. listening will have had, where you know something isn't right and you proceed, like you're saying. So yes. you just say, no, something's not right, but I'm just going to keep going because if I even think about the alternative to that, it might be something you want. It might be something you're scared of. So it feels or better. Or what if? Like I found yeah. like, oh, what if I don't pursue that and it's what's supposed to be for me? Yeah, and then, mm. all, and then what happens is we get so pressurized that all those thoughts actually take over and the intuitive voice starts to become more dimmed and more dimmed and more dimmed. So oh. there's no like magic wand, unfortunately, because like you said, when fear steps in, that can be quite paralyzing, you know, mm. and, and it really can stop us from doing things we should be doing, which are going to be great for us and actually stopping us from doing things we shouldn't be doing. Yes. And um, I would just say kind of, a, I suppose, a, a small thing you could do is to sit with yourself, take three deep breaths in and just feel into your body and to say, does this feel right to me? Does this feel good to me? Does it not? Why not? Like investigate it a bit more in not in the fear space of like, oh God, if I do this and this will happen, this happen. Just say no, like, how do I really feel with this? But the other thing that I do for myself when it comes to intuition, and this is something I do really quickly and it answers my question for me a lot is, is this going to take me on the path that's going to bring me to where I want to be? Or is this going to take me on a path that is not where I want to be? And we always know in ourselves because you'll feel wow. that. Um, and that's a really quick way of just tuning into yourself. So like really trivial example of this, but just say you're working on your self-care, for example, and you mm. have a lot of issues with knowing when maybe somebody needs your help and when they really don't. And your intuitive voice is trying to guide you a little bit more to say, no, no, you know, mind yourself here. That's going to be a bit toxic or a bit draining. But then the fear of telling somebody maybe I, I haven't got time for that or I haven't got yeah. time for you steps in. Um, the guilt steps in, all of those kind of things. By sitting and saying, like, is this kind of conversation going to, you know, really bring me down a bit more or is this conversation going to help me? That's a really quick fire way of looking at yeah. things. There's certain things in our life that we're going to have to do, whether we like them or not, unfortunately, you know, not yes, to be like, of you know, we've responsibilities. We, we care that, about other people. Yeah. yeah. You know, and a lot of times, and I think this is the hard part, we're like walking between the worlds. You're like in a space where you're here and you have all these practical, responsible things to do. And then you're in your intuitive mind connecting to something higher where everything is very blissful. And it's trying to find that middle road of that path of blending the two. But looking at how on a longer term, is this going not to benefit you in a selfish way of like, is this, <clears throat> excuse me, all going to be about me? And it's just because we're, you know, we're here to 
like that might sound really strange, but we're here to serve the world. We're here to serve each other. Of course, but we yeah. cannot do that from a place of not serving ourselves. Yeah. So your your intuition is connected to that. That's why it's trying to guide you. It's trying to help you to live the best possible life for yourself. So therefore you can go on and help others lead the best possible life so also. Would you say that your intuition is purely focused on, on helping you find joy and love in your life, filling up your cup, looking after yourself so you can then serve other people? I do think so, yeah. Because our, intu- our intuition is an individual thing. Yes, like for me, when I use my intuition... And a lot of people have this, like they can see things for other people. Mm. But I can't have <clears throat> a clear intuition if I'm stressed, burnt out, run down. Yes. Like, I can't read when I'm like that. Like sometimes if I have to cancel a session with someone, I feel really bad saying my energy is just off. Because to get up and go to a normal job where you can, you know, and I, you know, have yeah. come from a corporate background yeah. where you can just go in mm. when you're like on the ground and do yeah. your job, you know, you just keep going. <laughs> you can't in this type of work. You're right. Yeah. And I energetically won't read for someone if I can't because I'll say to myself my intuition is not going to be as clear and as perfect as I would like it to be yeah. to help this person you're not going to serve them in the no. right way and then you're not you're doing a disservice on yourself as well yeah so I feel yeah. that and this is where a lot of 2020 actually has brought us it's moving away from this self-sacrifice of what we do I'm going to throw myself on the ground here to help other people I'm going to you know you know be like in bits over here to help other people no like now it's a gentler kinder softer energy of saying I actually have to be really good and kind to myself I have to feel like I'm thriving and I'm energized so that I can therefore help other people to do the same thing and that starts with their intuition that's as very basic like anybody listening now even just sit with yourself for a moment and say am I doing everything that I know I need to do for myself and if I'm not, why am I not doing it? Um, it's a huge part. And that connection yeah. to our intuition helps us on that path of what's right for me, what's not right for me. We won't always get it right. We'll mix it up a hundred times over. <laughs> but just even listening to it is honoring yourself and giving yourself that space. Yeah. And it's it's like bringing yourself back into alignment, isn't it? With your yeah. true self or your purpose or your... Yeah. Look, bringing yourself on on that path um do you need to have a vision of you know who you want to be in the future or a sense of your values in order to be this kind of benchmark like you did that, that question about is this going to take me on the path where I want to be if you haven't actually sat down and gone well this is the version of me that I want to be in the future and I'm working towards it or this is what my business looks like in three years time or this is what my family's going to look like in three years time. If you don't have that kind of vision of the future, is it harder to build your intuition or, or use your intuition to get there? Um, I don't think so. And actually no, okay. I think for your, and this is just personal opinion, like, you know, but I, I think going back to kind of our vision of things, I'll come back then to the intuition piece. Yeah. Like I remember a few years ago, every year I'd, I always write out my goals and what do I want to achieve over the course of the year. And a few years ago, the only thing I wrote down is I want to be in balance, connected to myself and feel peaceful. And I didn't write any of my goals because I said to myself, if I feel like that, the things that I desire and the things that are right for me are going to come into my life anyway. We can never create from a place of need, fear, worry, desperation or anything. And I mean, I've tried to create from that place. It doesn't work. (laughs) And um, so when you're using 
when you're saying like, do you have to have that clear vision? No, like all we all want, take aside the individual steps. Like if you think about your business, you want to feel peaceful, comfortable and thriving, let's say. Yeah, yeah. So if you're feeling like that, though, of course, you can sit down and say, well, how, you know, how does that work for me? What does that look like? What Mm. do I need to do? But if you thought about your business for, say, 2021 and just said, I want a business where I'm thriving, where I'm serving people, where I'm connecting, where everything's in flow. I do think we get caught in, I do it myself as well, of of every single step being planned out. And as you probably know as well, like there's always a different plan, you know. So mm-hmm. oftentimes the plans we have are not the plans that show up. And then we can get very caught in that in that intuitive place of saying, well, intuitively I got the sign that it was going to be this and I was told it was going to be that and I felt it was going to be this other thing. But actually if we're we're too caught into the absolute like specific detail of everything yeah we're blocking off that flow of what wants to come in yeah it's probably exactly. better than what we're even imagining for ourselves exactly so more of an open-ended mm-hmm. um goal around how you want to feel not yeah. how um all the things that are gonna you know physically happen but it's more yeah. about how you want to feel and then let trusting in the universe that that is going to come into your life yeah, because if you're if you are envisioning yourself in twenty twenty one feeling all those things as I described, that is therefore telling you that those things are happening for you anyway. Because that's you're feeling good, so therefore things are good. Yeah. So holding that state of how do I want to feel in two thousand twenty one, and you'll start attracting and bringing all of that stuff in. Because like you mentioned earlier, alignment. You will be in alignment with your true self, and that's what intuition is about. It's bringing you into that space. It's like walking down a road. And everything is you're hitting a roadblock and you get thrown back, you know, 20 steps. And then on this other road of intuition and flow, it, it's easy. It doesn't mean there's no stress, but you're more able to deal with your stress because you're in tune with yourself, what you need, how you feel. Amazing. I love that. So tips to develop your intuition. So obviously you said that kind of tuning into the body, like is is meditation key for you to kind of to give yourself that time to go inwards or or journaling is, is that is that something you do yeah meditation and journaling journaling a big one for me actually over the, I always I've always journaled like since I was a child but this mm. year in particular it's been a huge one for me and and um with clients as well I would get them to journal quite a lot because I find that if you you know and, and make a ritual out of it so mm. light a candle burn some essential oil you know even put on some gentle music and just saying, okay, like I'm going to give myself this space. I find the free writing with journaling, so writing a statement, you know, I am feeling upset because, and they even put a timer on for five minutes or 10 minutes and write, just keep writing. I think a lot of time when we're in thought, we've so many thoughts that take us off in different directions, but free writing and journaling just allows whatever is there to come out. And then you can read it, it after and analyze it after. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's a lovely space. Meditation for me, yes. Like for me, it's one of the spaces that when I go into it, I really do go off somewhere else. Um, and like I'd be surrounded by people who've died that I, you know, would have been close to and wow. get a lot of guidance that way. Um, but that's and not for everybody. Do you do that as a self-guided meditation or you do you um, in prefer guided meditations? No, I I use guided meditations when I'm like a bit stressed and I just need to relax and tune out. Yeah. Um. But when I do that type of meditation, I just 
I just go there go myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I can go into that space, I just go there quite quickly. Um, but meditation isn't for everybody. And I think yeah. that's one of the things I would say around this stuff. I think there's so much out there. And then people, and I know when people have come to my meditation classes, they're like, they're so stressed about not being able to relax. Um, <laughs> and, you know, their mind is on overdrive. So the pressure we put on ourselves, I read this thing works and I read this works and I read that work. You know, <clears throat> it could be having a bath, going for a walk, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. That I'm going to go back to the body. What yeah. What is enjoyable to you? I don't think we should do things we don't enjoy because they're not going to work. So what is enjoyable to you? What brings you into that place of calmness in your body? Do that. And that's where you'll have the space then to tune into your intuition. That's incredible. Such, such good advice. And how does your intuition impact your reading in the tower? So I remember you told me a story before of like you, you would see, obviously you talked there about having an, an, a feeling, but you also see images as well. Yeah. So I suppose for me, the tarot is like a set of images and I know I could probably read without the tarot they're, for me. And we talk about fear and stuff. They're like my safety net as well, you know, <laughs> of like I'm used to this. So this helps. But for me, I'll just see different images on the card that will bring something up for me about that person. They won't actually, the card won't even mean that if you looked it up generically of what it meant. But it's about like when I'm speaking to somebody and maybe an image on the card comes up, but I'll also see an image in my mind. Um, you know, so one situation recently that happened was I was reading for this girl and I could see her walking through a door when she was very young, closing the door behind her and locking it shut. And I immediately could see her at that age and could see that something had happened at that age where the emotions were getting completely blocked off at that point. But not only just blocked off, like she locked them with the keys. It was like, I'm not returning back to myself at that at that wow. age. So I was able to tell her what age I thought she was and what, you know, not the details of what had happened, but that this situation had happened at that time. And it was rele very relevant for her. And it was a part of her that she had decided she wasn't actually going to revisit. Now, I wouldn't force anyone to do anything. It's not yeah. my place. Yeah. But it, it, the car, that image was showing me that actually the door needed to open. So mm -hmm. it felt like for me, and this is how I read in tarot, it's not about like you're going to get a silver car and you're going to go on a holiday and all that kind of stuff. Like mm -hmm. that's not how I read. It's more what do you need in your life to be able to progress what does your soul need what's what's your emotional self need and in that instance she had to go back to that space not only to, she hadn't really connected to herself since she was say age eight mm. so she needed to do that but she also needed to clear the trauma of what had happened at that time and it felt to me unless that she did that things in her life were pretty much going to stay the same yeah they were and nothing was really you know she'd have her progression and work and finance and all these normal things but personally it wouldn't move yeah so and like I her heart wouldn't it would stay the same like it wouldn't yeah. open or develop yeah yeah so it's just a you know I'll just kind of present it as it is but then obviously mm. say you know if you want to take that path it would be great for you and obviously if you're not ready you know that, that's up to yourself that's, as well yeah yeah, yeah. amazing Mm -hmm. And how does the session work then? So for someone who's never had a tarot reading. Yeah, so what I like to do is I don't like knowing anything about anybody um, or about their life or anything because like 
that can come into your mind. Like some te- people mm. are very excited for a reading. I've done it myself and they start telling you things. I'm like, no, 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 stop, stop. Because it'll <laughs> just completely get rid of my objectivity. So for a session, basically what I do is I get a person, if they're in front of me, um, to pick out, to shuffle the cards and take 12 cards out. But obviously with COVID, um, and I had done a lot of my work on phone and Zoom anyway before that, but um, I will shuffle the cards for them and get them to think of things that they want to find out about in their life and then get them to tell me when they're ready to stop. So by cutting the cards at the deck at that point, it's like trying to get their energy into that space of what cards need to come out. And then I lay them out in my own kind of way that I've made up myself to spread um, the cards out. I like to look at where a person is first. So I like to look at where are they emotionally right now? What's going on that's causing them blocks? Why are they not progressing if that's the case? If they are progressing, which is wonderful, what are, you know, what things can they can keep doing for that? It's all around the emotional self first because nice. that's key to me to how a person is. What's going on internally? And what's even going on that they might not even be aware that's going on? And then when we kind of look at that part and get a sense of that, look at the blocks, some, you know, their their life obviously past stuff in their life will come up at that point even past life stuff can come up some traumas can come up at that point and looking at that and taking time to obviously give that space because that can you know bring up its own things and then I like to go and look at each area of the person's life then as to what potentials are there for them and I, I use the word potentials because nothing is ever set in stone like if I read for you today it's based on where your energy is today and how you're feeling at this moment in time these yeah. things that come up are specific to you and only you and have the huge potential and want to happen it's kind of like what ideally your spiritual team want for you what your soul wants for you but everybody has choice um mm-hmm. and i think sometimes with readings and even healing and you might find this in your work too sometimes people are coming and think that you will fix them or what you say is that's it like so this is going to happen and that you don't have to do anything mm. what I try to do and why I spend so much time at the start of a reading look at the emotions of somebody is because we all individually then have to say right what is my part in this what do I have to do next and that's what I like to do with the reading not just give you guidance and send you away but give you guidance and then specific things you can do like what steps you're going to take next you know because sometimes we get loads of lovely things that are being told but we have no clue how we're supposed to even get there yeah so it's important for me to help somebody get there as best as I can because they yeah, obviously have course. to do the work themselves <laughs> yeah yeah it's like um like a glimpse into the the potential like the future potential for somebody but yeah. you know there's often like you say roadblocks in the way that are kind of based on you know trauma you know current life experiences potentially past life experiences tell me a little bit about how the past lives present for you and and how have you seen that impact people yeah past lives are really interesting Mm. and again you know more about (laughs) this probably than I do but um for me sometimes there's blocks that are there that are just not explainable through any other way it's not present life stuff it's not something that happened six months ago And it's something that it's like they're carrying with them. So when there's past life trauma or even ancestral trauma coming Mm -hmm. from somebody else in their, you know, ancestral line, which is difficult. It's like, that's really hard to break. And sometimes people will be doing every single thing they can, you know, and they're, they're people that I actually really feel for because it's like, 
they've got up and said, right, I'm going to heal this. I'm going to change this. I'm going to try my best. And it's not working. Mm. And then we've got to look and say, right, what's going on here? And in the, you know, and, and generally that stuff will present itself, you know, that way. So it, it shows in. it wants imagery. to be healed in a really yeah. deep subconscious level, isn't it? Like it, it, it is coming up for a reason. Yeah. And it's hard. And ancestral clearing is hard clearing past lives like they're hard things to do because they're big you know and we don't really understand them fully so they will show up either to me in a feeling or imagery in the cards of just where I'll see like this is not connected to here this is a block like you know a lot of things actually over this year I've been getting have been about people trying to have children and um or having a uh, miscarriages actually mm. or losing children and um the baby's actually showing up in the readings, which is really interesting. The soul of the baby's showing up and explaining why they're not coming in or wow. that they're coming back in. That's happened a lot to me this year, more than more than ever before, and I have to say. Um, so you have all of this other stuff going on that we as people don't grasp every day because yeah, we're not in that I mean, space, you know. I mean, we only see, like really physically see, a yeah. small percentage of our reality, don't we? We're so oh, blinkered. Tiny. Yeah, and yeah. it's like that... Like you go back to that intuitive part when I'm up there having a great time, like and I see everything really clearly, you know, a messaging I've been getting recently is where they're saying to me, like, how much how more how much more do we need to show you for you to really believe in this? Mm, um, wow. You know, and I think a lot of us are getting that, too, because the power of ourselves is beyond what is even imaginable to us. You know, if you watch any kind of um you know, recently I watched Frozen 2 and I watched Over the Moon on Netflix, a new animation. Yes. And they're all really about connecting into the power of ourselves and the power of belief and all of that. We don't even, we don't understand that. Like, no, you know, we don't have, the surface. A, we yeah. don't have a clue. And what I find in readings, I get really excited when I read for someone. I see their potential. They're showing it to me. They're telling it to me. They're giving it to me in visions. And I'm so excited for the person. And I'm saying, doing the reading and they get a bit excited, but then they get deflated of, but I've tried this before or this hasn't cleared. And we forget that power of ourselves and mm. we get caught into the everyday because that is what we're living. Yeah. So when you're talking about past life stuff and ancestral stuff, the power of ourselves, it's actually all connected to the same, which is we can't really see it. And we don't have a tangible, physical explanation of it, yeah. the impact of it on us. Um, but these things do hugely impact us. Huge, huge, yeah. more than yeah, more than I think I'd ever even understand, to be honest. Yeah. As much I as mean, I know about it. Ancestral stuff, I mean, I've been doing it with nearly every client this year. And it impacts us far more than we ever consciously realize you know what, yeah. what our parents went through our grandparents and, and up the, the line and usually around um the separation with the mother bond but mm. when i when i do healings with that it's all visualization yeah you, you know and you're talking about the power that we have mm -hmm. that's it like we really have this amazing ability to let go and to heal we're yeah. just we've never been taught it we um we're just not used to seeing ourselves in that way as creators of our own destiny. You know, we are divine beings in a human physical body. We are extremely powerful. And yeah. as soon as when we start to realize that, like life changes just drastically. That's it. And and go. Yeah. Life changes. Yeah. Like when I when I use the example of like Frozen 2 there, mm. it's because when I see her 
and she's like sends out all that like energy out so it's like a wave of energy that goes out from her that starts changing things or you know making things frozen or yeah. frozen, whatever it is yeah like she when i see stuff like that in animations i that is the power that we all actually have it's the only way i can describe it because it's something mm. a tangible way of describing it something you can look at and see and i people listening might think that's really strange but really we possess so you said it there about healing healing our past you know healing ancestry healing our bodies you know we yeah. have so much and we don't tap into it and our intuition is our is our stepping stone into it because when you're in alignment with yourself and when you're in that space of flow that energy starts to come up <clears throat> and it has that space to go out but if we actually knew how protected we were and how supported we were and actually how powerful we were we would never worry about anything yeah um that doesn't mean traumas don't happen and upsets them like we all have it i have it you yes. know yeah. it, you know and difficulties happen but it's that space of like okay well why is this happening and how can i better myself from this like every difficult experience mm. we go through or trauma we go through is teaching us something it's and it's hard yeah. it is it's hard yeah. in the midst of that to see what yes, the lesson is but but there always is and that's also trying to tap into your power too through those difficulties of saying well we've brought this to you because we're tr you know we're trying to even get you closer to yourself but I understand traumas can take us further away from ourselves, you know? Yeah, and I think, like, that was with me, you know, the massive earth-shattering trauma that we had yeah. when we lost Alice. It's like, I very quickly realised I could choose to pick myself up and to, to do some healing and to move forward, or I could stay stuck in this for the rest of my life. And at yeah. the age of 33, 34, yeah. it was like, I can't let my life be stuck in this trauma you know like I what would I've blocked by live by living in that state and looking looking where my life is now mm. so much joy and love and compassion for myself and for others and and so and wanting to help and and the boys and what like the two boys that we have you know all of that would have wouldn't have happened if I had kept held myself captive to that trauma and yes I really think it was like an awakening for me like another mm blooming knock over the head um to catapult me into what I should be doing with my life I mean I would have continued on doing what I was doing living in corporate world and yeah. and not really being happy you know and it's great that you could take something so tragic because not only did you have that awakening and have your life where it is now but you've taken Alice's energy and yeah. brought that with you and that's yeah. huge and I do think yeah. these things you know these things happen and we don't we don't know why at the time when it, it and it feels so devastating mm. but like look at what you have done and like she is having such an impact really oh on thousands gosh. of lives yeah, you know yeah. and every day yeah. here like <laughs> and, and it's incredible yeah like she Absolutely has touched incredible. more lives than yeah. I would have ever imagined yeah. doing by myself it's like yeah. even from like the fundraising that we did and I have another project in in a charity project in the pipeline at the moment with some other girls in Ireland and you know it's just yeah. so exciting that I'm able to do something in her honor in her name yeah um, and just be really proud of it yeah it's like it's an, mm. it's incredible and you take these you take these moments and say like what what can I do with it you yes. know and I think it that's not easy 
And I think no. sometimes when people listen to people on the other side of it, maybe they're listening to you and thinking, okay, well, you know, she must have had great support or she must have had this or she must have had that. Like, you know, people will make reasons why it's easier for you than them. Yes, yeah. But it's not. It's it's still no, I mean we all have the, all. we all have the capacity to let yeah. go. We all have the capacity to yeah. heal. It's how willing we are to do it. It's obviously yes, but getting some right support. It's finding the right yeah. people to take you on that journey and to to nurture you and yeah. comfort you as you go through that. And obviously part like the right the partner that you're with is really you know important that helps yeah. embrace um you and nurture you on that journey and support you and and your family and everything it's it's a it's a community thing you know it's mm-hmm. not um we'd never do this on our own no. you know and, and big big trauma work especially um you know trauma survivors they don't get over it by themselves it's it, you have yeah. to reach out you have to um be vulnerable to allow that that courage in and that strength in basically and for what comes on the other side of that door though mm-hmm. can be so amazing yeah yeah I know and and that's mm-hmm. even even that like even relating it to what we were talking about there the same thing mm. of what's on the other side I think that's the excitement that I get when I look mm, at somebody's yeah. life because I'm like you know and look you know there is times where I look and it isn't exciting and no. you know and that's hard too of like how do I say to somebody you know because we ex- we expect as we get I used to think as we get older things kind of get easier we understand more but actually like to your point earlier on where you said like I could have stayed stuck in that we do stay stuck in things and yeah. seven years can pass eight years can pass ten years can pass yeah. I mean I I do have clients I've read for for the last 12 years where nothing's changed for them and that's not because they're like not supposed to have change or things like that it's just because they haven't been able to to have that healing experience because it's hard for them it is hard and but that's how much things won't change in 12 years 10 years whatever longer you know so and maybe some people are afraid of change too you know hugely because like we Mm. might be in a difficult position but like we know what it is sometimes people fear (laughs) like if I make a change is it going to be worse (laughs) yes fear of the unknown Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally yeah. And does that, do you find that the tarot helps bring comfort to people, brings them reassurance, helps them make those maybe more difficult decisions? You know, like I certainly found comfort, taking so much comfort from our sessions. And, mm-hmm. you know, since we did our last one, like I've obviously now made my passion a full time thing. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> I know. And like you saw that way back then, you know, mm-hmm. you've had done two or three readings for me now. So mm-hmm. back and when you first did that reading, I was like, oh, my God, like, the fear that that brought up in me but like here we are now with a very different story so you know does the tower bring that comfort do you find for people I think so like I think I think you have to be careful because this is one of the reasons why I try and give steps for people to take you know practical realistic Mm. steps they can take because it's all well and good me saying look you're going to be great success and whatever and you go and leave your job and you do all this stuff like (laughs) you know like there's a sense of like responsibility that comes (laughs) with comes with that so I would never say to someone do this and that's going to be amazing and whatever it's like look there's there's a potential for this and look at both sides the bigger potential is like I mean I remember the first time I ever met you I was like oh my god this I just got this way and I remember saying it to you going yeah like there's just these massive big things are going to happen for you because it was just your energy was so strong so (laughs) it brings comfort I think that's why I'm always so careful around well how can we 
practically look at what steps. You know, I actually mm. have a lot of businessmen for readings on their business, like, you wow. know, huge, huge businesses. And I used to be a bit like, oh, that's like I'm, mental. I, that's yeah, amazing. I have, I have one person uh, in particular and they come to me every year and they always say, oh, you gave me great advice about that business. And I'm like, oh, my God, don't put that on me. Like, oh, you know, but it's not that I would never tell them what to do. I just know if what I foresee and sometimes I foresee issues that they can there and, and, and with this address particular person, they can go, oh, OK. And they have a bit of warning of like this is an issue or sometimes I'll say look that particular situation or that particular person is a problem and they'll have felt it in their gut but ignored it so it brings it to the surface so it definitely brings comfort I think any type of healing readings bring comfort but as I always say it comes back to us then what am I going to do with this information what am I going to do with the next steps I find when I get readings done they will a lot of times clarify what I'm thinking and I think that's good for you know, people say, I just want to check and I just want to see where I'm at. I want to see, they want reassurance, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but you also can't tell people what they want to hear. And I definitely don't do that. I'm, I'm quite blunt now, I have to be honest. Good, like, sometimes good. Sometimes it's too blunt. <laughs> so, <you laughs> but know. you know, I think sometimes people need to hear the truth as in like, you have to let this go or things are not going to change for you. Yeah. Like I have, this has come back to the intuition. Sometimes I read for someone, I get this really soft, emotional feeling over me. Like I can feel their emotions running through me. I nearly get emotional when I'm reading because I can, like I, you know, can feel it. And I know when I get that feeling, be really gentle here, be really soft, you know. And then other times it's just middle of the road. And then sometimes I get a frustrated feeling and I'm like, oh, this is going to be one of these. Oh, you've got to be really direct. Come on now, you got to do this, you know, and you're like, and it's not, it's, it's sometimes I think when people, when I'm reading for people, I think it's like my personal opinion. Like I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be as blunt probably with one of my best friends sometimes, but it's just the way it, it, I see when I'm reading, it's coming from somewhere else. So like, yeah, sometimes I've had experiences where I'm reading and I can lose my train of thought for a second and I'll start for a second. I'm only talking a split second. Might think about, oh God, I forgot to like put that thing in the freezer. And then I, and this has happened to me a lot this year. And then I'll go, my God, I'm actually still talking. My brain has that ability to wow have a conversation with myself and I'm still speaking to the person. And then I have <laughs> to come back into my brain and say, what have I just said there? Now I'm talking split seconds that happened. Yeah. Amazing. It is. It's not. It's coming through something else, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. that just really shows you quite clearly, you know, the distinction between that voice mm-hmm. and your own mind and your own yeah. thoughts. Wow, it's amazing. Um, can people do their own tarot? Yeah, I think, look, I can't read for myself because um, I'm not objective enough. Mm. When I started to learn the tarot, I definitely read on myself to practice and to get used to the cards and familiar with them. But you're, to me, and this is my opinion, you'll read, everybody has different opinions on this. But for me, you're not objective enough. You're seeing what you want to see, mm. good and bad. You know, good and bad. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Um, I find, you know, tarot is not something, if I'm honest, I think tarot has become a little bit gimmicky. If you read about it, people are like, oh, I did, like, you know, especially online and stuff, but there's just a lot about, oh, I stick a tarot card in with this. Tarot is, a, a, I can never say this word right, it's a tool of the divine, basically. Yes. It's not something to be messed with. Like yeah. when I first got my tarot cards, um, I started messing with them and leaving them out on the kitchen table and not, not putting them away, not wrapping them up. I was having awful nightmares. I woke up and my angel um, 
snow globe was across the other side of the room and the wings were broken off like I was like what's oh god the cards I never put the cards away they're not a wow. joke they're a, they're not they they actually the minute you open those cards they hold something and you have to keep them wrapped up and you have to keep them in a safe place wow. you know I just had a friend of me text me the other day and say that she was after having really bad nightmares about her tarot cards and I said to her where are your tarot cards now and she said they're right in the table and I was like there you go like I knew straight away mm. she was having a bad dream because she hadn't put the cards away wow and so you have to remember they're a tool and that's not to frighten anyone because they yeah. actually have a beautiful just be just mind yeah, no, them that's, and know it's really interesting isn't it you know and know that they're not just something to play with yes but so you can I don't think you'll get a um a clear enough reading from yourself as yeah. if somebody else is reading for you but definitely you could pick a card even if you wanted to look and see well what's the card and what what's the meaning but I wouldn't try and do a full reading. A full reading. Yeah, sure. I think oracle cards are beautiful because they're yes. very gentle. They're they're gentle and they're holding messages. But again, they can be confusing when you're trying to decipher them yourself. <laughs> like, um, but I think they. So, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say like what what are oracle cards for people who haven't used them? But I have I have loads of decks now, and I'm yeah. I love them. I use them all the time. Um, so yeah explain them for me I think oracle cards like what oracle cards are really meant to be is to show like to bring you into a different realm and show what maybe your soul wants what your own intuition wants you to hear and they bring a lovely message and generally with an oracle card they'll just be a very straightforward message but they're also I think quite positive you know um so they're gentle for us where we can take them in and actually read it and say okay that I can understand that I can feel that now like I said they could confuse you a little bit if you're trying to do like full readings on yourself because we we want to hear things and we don't want to hear things so that's where the hard part comes in but I find I use oracle cards a lot for myself you know I could pull one the night before for the next day and just leave it and that'll be my message for the day um Mm -hmm. or pull like a few of them you know if I do want to ask a question on things they're just to me they just feel really safe and really gentle yeah and just very more of an everyday yeah thing and I suppose that that could help you know develop that intuition like we were talking about earlier with those other mm. tips and things like if, if actually giving yourself the space to just say what I often just like what's my message for today yeah. or if I'm doing it for a client like what what does my client need to hear today yeah. what are, what what's the lessons and often I'll pull the card before we have a session I won't even tell them anything and I won't I'll I'll look at the cards and I'll be like oh that's interesting and then we'll have this conversation and everything will unfold and then I'll say you'll never guess what cards I pulled before we had a session. And then it's like uncanny. Isn't it? And it's, this yeah. is like, you know, sometimes at the end of a meditation class, it's like each, I'll pull a card for each person that's come to the class online. Yeah. But they all text me afterwards and like, oh my God, that was so specific for me. That was so right for me. And like, they're, I'm just, I'd be shuffling, thinking of the person, but obviously don't yeah. know what's going on for them at that time. Yeah. So they are. I And I actually think they're quite powerful because they do provide an everyday message for you in a quite a succinct explanation. Yes. The thing with the tarot is one card, like, my God, the things you could see with one card, ah, yes, yes, it's yes. huge. So I do, I think, I think for anyone wanting to develop their intuition, like you're saying, Argo cards are a great way. And obviously if you want to read tarot, mm. like do and, 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 take them out and look at the cards and get familiar with them and practice on people yeah that's really the best thing I would say for anybody who wants to two ways that I would tell people to learn how I teach tarot 
I teach it by intuition. So, so when I teach tarot, say on a workshop, the first day of a workshop is basically sitting down and I get them to take out all the cards and we go through them one by one. The day is very long, but one by one, <laughs> I say, what do you think that card means? And they have to write down the explanation before I'll tell them what it is. Wow. And the reason I teach like that is because most of the time they get what the meaning is because they're taking time to look at the card and it's getting them straight away to work on their intuition. Like Tune by the in, end of yeah. the day, they will be reading on each other in the class and I'd be like, read from your intuition and go for their notes. A lot of them don't use their notes because it's coming from wow. themselves. Wow. It, it's the best way to learn. So for anybody who wants to learn themselves, that's a really good way. Take them out, look at them. What do you think they are? You know, because the meanings, there are meanings obviously to each card and they're there and, and I know what they are. But sometimes you'll see something different. So I have some cards that if you looked it up, say online, they mean something to me personally that I see in clients when those specific cards come out. Oh, but they yes. wouldn't mean that if you looked them up. Like, yes, sure. You know, yeah. Yeah. Based on your experience and everything. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so before we wrap up, just tell me a bit more about um, what you offer people, because I know you've got a membership club and you have a website. It's time for me. Um, so you, what you do is not just tarot. So tell me a bit about that. Yeah, so actually coming off the back of doing tarot, people would have always got in touch with me afterwards saying, would you have any advice on something I could do? Or you mentioned to do meditation, could you send me a link for meditation? So what I decided to do was just to put everything together that I would recommend. Um, and so I wanted to provide, create something that supported people with their self-care all the time because this is it when we have mm -hmm. healings and readings and all this in the in-between space is the space where we can go back down in ourselves so I wanted something yeah. to keep people going so three to three times a week they get a text message from me which has like an audio teaching on our particular topic for the month um and that is my connection with them continually through that week wow. and then I do an online um once a month we do a soul gathering together and then they can come to other classes I do um, I record meditations each month for them that they get access to and a soul journal um, and I do a one card reading for each member as well every month so it's basically like what it's called it's time for me it's a mm. it's, it's self-care support continually over over a course of a month it's amazing yeah so beautiful mm -hmm. And is that mainly women that you have doing that? It's all women. I don't have yeah. any men. But not, that, not that they're not welcome, but it's all, it is all women. Yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah. also trying to help women at the moment in particular with coming into themselves more and bringing in the energy of the divine feminine more. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's very, it's just very important, like right now. It really. is. And, yeah. and a final message. Yeah. So what, you know, you mentioned earlier getting kind of messages about this year and, and what people have been going through and stuff. And so what can we take into 2021? I feel this year, like for everybody, nobody's been untouched by this year for mm. sure. But this year has brought up personal issues and lessons for each of us individually. And I would really encourage people to look at what they've been, whether you've addressed them or whether you haven't look at them, because they are your path to clearing for the next particularly the next 10 years there is a huge wave of change as we're experiencing it now and that's just going to continue like this is just the start of it and that's oh not a negative thing <laughs> it's actually quite positive because there's so much great yeah. change coming we're seeing yeah, that exactly. like we're seeing the change is trying to have a little bit of a, a you know a rising up it's just the hard to up. get it through mm. um 
So I really would encourage people to look at whatever lessons have come up for them this year and really say, okay, what's my intuition telling me on this? The other thing I would say is I have felt over the last couple of months, there has been a lot of anger and frustration coming up. And we see that through not just with COVID-19, but other things that are happening, happening globally, you know? Yeah. I think anger is very good as a, an emotion that we can sit in for a few hours of like, let me get this up and out of me. But I don't feel it's very good to sit in long term. Yeah. So I'd also encourage people who are ex- experiencing anger and frustration at the moment to try and channel that into healing, healing themselves and helping other people heal. We don't need anger right now and mm. frustration. And we are all frustrated with different limitations. The world needs huge help to change. And as I always say, they're like yourself and myself, like, there, there's there isn't enough of us to help the amount of people that have to yes. be helped and healed there isn't and the people yeah. get in this industry oh like there's so many people doing this and I shouldn't do it and mm. you know like there's so many Reiki healers there, there, there isn't enough so yeah. Yeah. I would encourage people to take personal responsibility and saying how can I heal but how can I help somebody else pick one person how am I going to help that person heal now because that's actually what we need that's such a beautiful and positive message thank you so much And yeah, I would just really encourage everybody to start tuning in and and developing that intuition because obviously it's incredibly powerful and can bring you to places you've never even imagined. So thank you so much for your time and energy and all of your support over the past few years. And on on that note, I'm going to book in another one, another (laughs) session with you (laughs) to have a look at the exciting uh, possibilities for my future in the next year or so. So wonderful. Thank you so much, Caroline. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe to this podcast, tell all your friends, and it would be amazing if you could please leave me a review too. To find out more about me, visit tappingformums.com or follow me on Instagram at Sarah underscore Tobin. If you'd like to do some tapping with me for free, check out my YouTube channel. Just search Tapping for Mums. For now, I wish you peace, joy and abundance on your journey.